Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, uh, this engineer is back in the saddle. We're here right. for Ask an Engineer. Thank you for being patient last week. I was uh, under the knife or whatever, and uh, now I'm back. Now you're back, and then the week before that we had Ada Box unboxing. So yes. two weeks, but we also did each week the new products, the Ion MPI, any top secrets. So right. we kept everything going, right. and we had Desk of Lady Ada. So there's like a show going on almost every single day, yes. no matter what. Okay, and now we're back. It's me, better than ever. We've got a massive show, show. tonight because we have weeks of stuff to get to. So, Miss Lee, let's just jump right into it. All right, on tonight's show, we're going to thank everyone for supporting us. Thank you. We are. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank we you. are operating uh, safe, and we have been shipping all orders we'll talk Smart. about we'll talk about that uh in a bit because we have even more safety and more reassurance yeah, not only for our team but for all of you out there too um and all of us pre-covid pre photo, pre 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 all of us say for thank you um for supporting us all the way from march till now um we had a really good july and it was because folks rallied and said we want to see a company like adafruit survive during these times and they place their orders we'll go over show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects lady ada will talk about who's on the show and tell and what they shared this week right. we've got some previews from john park's show and a make code minute we're going to do a little bit of circuit python news and some news around the world about python and hardware and more that'll blend into time travel a little bit look at the world of makers hackers artists and engineers we got some I mean, New York City factory footage. We have some 3D printed videos we're going to catch up on. We have everyone's favorite segment from DigiKey and Adafruit. I on MPI, the latest and greatest new products. Also called new product introductions. Yes. We have some new products. We have some top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that. On Discord. On Discord, Adafruit.it slash Discord, where join. you can join all 24,000 of us. All that and more on, you guessed it. Dun, da, dun. Ask an engineer. That's right. All right, well, some stuff going on here. Yeah. Uh, first up, just to get some, um, you know, world news and news that's relevant to engineers and makers and more. Um, we've been operating smart and safe, and we post our protocols, adafruit.com slash opensafely. But how do we know these protocols are working? Well, we do. Um, how but, do we know? But I want to get to one thing first before okay. we do that. So um, you might be noticing I am wearing a Mr. Zip shirt. Very fashionable. Yeah, so All the cool kids are yeah, sporting so Mr. Zip. I got this from the Postal Service online store yeah. because folks are like, hey, let's support the post office. Um, we support the post office yeah, for sure. Uh, we uh, give them money in exchange for the services they provide. It's one of the best low-cost shipping methods. And we pay full price. We're not even negotiating like yeah. Amazon. And so um, just to let everyone know, you can look back on our website. We've been keeping track of postal delays and issues for the last 10 years. Yes. And there were times when certain areas of the country, and I'll just tell you which ones they were. This was five years ago, Florida. There was a 20% chance your postal service 
package wouldn't make it. And so we turned off postal service for Florida for a bit yeah. until the test packages would get through at a better rate. And then we added it back. Yeah, but we had we, to. It was really, is out of control. Yeah, and it was actually an issue. And this was like five or six years ago. Yeah. So as of right now, because I know postal service is in the news and there's questions about what's going to happen election time and ballots and all this stuff. But as of right now, there have been no delays with postal. And we watch this very closely. If there yeah. is, don't worry. We always have other forms of shipping. Um, but I also saw that uh, they have cool shirts, so I got that shirt. Um, but just to let everyone know, we'll be watching this. We'll also publish if we see a um, service level that's not like you know 90 plus percent on time or gets there. Uh, there was something like five or six years ago, and you would see it in the news where it's like another like truckload of mail was found somewhere, um, and it was a few different states. And I don't know what was happening during then, but we said, okay, well let's turn off postal service for these types of packages because so many customers are saying they're not receiving them or they're getting them late and then we waited until it was resolved and then we added it back and it's been fine but anyways we're watching that but speaking speaking of, speaking of shipping your packages safe um back in march we shut down adafruit before there was um, the official lockdown there wasn't yeah there wasn't uh, any guidance we did this on our own we already had uh reduced occupancy we already had people working from home um, but we wanted to keep our on-site folks safe. We then did reopen um, almost instantly when New York City said we need face shields and we need uh, medical electronics. So we were operating, we still operate as an essential business as needed. Um, mask, gloves, sanit sanitizers. We have yeah. a metric ton of 70 plus percent alcohol-based sanitizer. We have the N95 level mask all the way to the three-ply surgicals, cloth masks. Gloves for all of our teams, eye protection, staggered shifts. Um, a lot of the team members have already got a antibody test, and then some of us get COVID tests. But what about the surfaces at Adafruit? Because the I'll desks, the doorknobs. Yeah, I'll what, tell you as a New Yorker, and then as someone who, you know, I, we, we have 100 plus employees, and, yeah. and the way we work at Adafruit is I report to them, and I'm like, what do you need? Yeah. And back in March, it was like, I don't feel safe. Like, where is this virus? Is it everywhere? Um, we didn't know. Was it subways? Was it grocery stores? Yeah. So, one of the things you'd want to be able to do is is that doorknob? Is that is that elevator button? Is that desk? What what are do any of these surfaces have COVID virus on it? Is there yeah. any way to detect? Well. In New York, you, a human can get tested. I got tested. You got tested. I we'll, we'll, we'll tell the results soon. Um, so clear me out. But yesterday, there was 87,000 tests in New York, and our positivity rate is like 0.7%, so, so we're doing good. But what I would like to do is have like an on-site test at some point for people to test via you know saliva or something that's rapid. But I'd also be, like to be able to test the environment. So um, we saw this company, Phylogen Surface, okay. and I ordered this. And it came instantly. Mm -hmm. And um, these are 25 different little vials. And uh, you have a little wetting uh, vial. And then you uh, have a swab. You swab the area. And once you swab the area, you break off the little Q-tip looking thing. It's a swab. And we did all of Adafruit, all 60,000 square feet, um, three different floors. And we did this on Sunday. We have people working around That's the me. clock at Adafruit. We also did the outside door. We did the inside. We did everything. Yeah. Here's what it looks like when you break off the um, little swab. Yeah. And uh, you log it. Uh, we used a mobile device. You log each one. You tell it the barcode. And uh, then you send it off. And the results are, and these just came in. 
Zero. Zero presence. 25 out of 25 were tested. There was none undetermined. Not detected 25 out of 25. And this is what these things mean. Presence. If it was found, it would say, hey, it's found. If it was not detected, it's not present in the current limit of the detection by phylogen's internal control. It's present at expected level. And then undetermined if it didn't know. Yeah. So, so we did the test correctly. We did the test correctly. And we sent it off. And Adafruit is COVID-free. Now, one mistake I may have made is, um, you know how we're an open source company, yeah. you know, publicly to all of you? Well, we do yeah. that internally at our company. And I said, hey, everybody, we're swabbing around. We're testing. There's people working on site. I swabbed their desk. And what could have happened is we could have ended up with a bunch of positive, you know, results. And I didn't think, like, oh, that might cause a panic, like, Maybe folks would be freaked out, like, oh, there is, yeah. there's COVID in the environment. But then I thought, you know, I, our, our team is just going to be like, well, let's sanitize more. Let's make sure we have, like, we, we really keep our gloves on. Like, we do all these things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody knew we sent this off. Everyone knew that we were waiting for the results. And then we were able to share that instantly. We sent the CSV file that comes with it. Yeah. Um, and so be reassured right now, if you order something from Adafruit, our first sampling of three different floors... 25 locations, um, high traffic areas where people are. And this is from New York City. We got it first and the worst. And yes, we flattened the curve here, but we wanted to know, is there viral load on services? So the answer right now, according to this test, is no, we're going to continue to do these. And all right. And the other thing that we've been telling our team, and since we do a show, we may as well tell all of you, um, we're all getting used to the idea of getting a COVID test at least once a month. Um, there's Lady Ada. This was on Sunday. And after we got our COVID test, it said in seven days or 14 days, you'll get results because the results are a little backed up. But you got yours today I and you it. are negative. Negative. So I didn't get mine yet. I assume I'm negative. I'm better than you. But uh, you got, yeah, I think it's alphabetical. Yes. Um, but uh, <laughs> you got your results. So what we're trying to do is encourage our teams and really all of you out there, just get used to this idea. Um, it's just, we don't have a cure. We don't have things that we can do other than mask and PPE and get tested on a regular basis. And we didn't need to get a test. And that's one of the best reasons to get one. Um, our number one goal is to not get our team sick. We've been on site just about every single day since March. And um, it would be devastating to know if we got one of our team members sick. So that's why we do it. Um, we think about how can we show that we care about the team and what can we do besides just say we're in it together. Um, these are all the things we do. So we think this is a blueprint of how companies could function. So we're in New York City. We're operating. We had a strong July. We have PPE for all of our team that's on you can site. See the new products for remote. Again. Yeah, we yeah. like we're op we're doing this. It is hard. It's, this is the hardest video game on the hardest level ever. Um, but I wanted to give people a snapshot of this so we can look back at this. Or if you're in another part of the country that's just going to start going through your own version of your New York or recovery. This is what it looks like, and uh, we have nothing to do with this company. We're not stockholders. We're not board members. None of this stuff. Um, it was a useful tool. Uh, if you have an operation, why not? The other thing that we did is uh, we have MERV 13 filters in our HVAC system. Um, we're not a mall, but it's just yet a thing, yet another thing that we can do. And, um, and we had got antibody tests for a lot of members of the team, and all of us have been on site from the beginning, also negative. So that's our, like... You know, our maker biz, um, I guess, yeah. segment. So that's that. Okay. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing your stuff. That's right. Well, I missed a couple, so check out uh, last yeah. two weeks. Who's uh, on the show and tell? Show and tell. But okay, this week sure. we had a bunch of people. Jepler came by, 
and showed off a sharp memory demo. It's a new product coming soon. Uh, and he showed off what it looks like. It's a cool display. So if you want to check out what um, the upcoming, coming soon sharp memory display looks like, check out his uh, demo. Uh, Melissa came by with an old school Radio Shack logic probe and demoed it. And it's working. And she's just like, this is how you would debug electronics. And she had it left over. It looked really cool. Erin um, has been doing a lot of resin projects. We published a new guide by her today. And with the leftover resin, she made like a necklace with a flora embedded in it. Uh, which is look neat, has like a NeoPixel jewel. Um, JP uh, had a DIY clock he made using um, RGB matrix and CircuitPython that gets the time from the internet, so it's always correct even when there's daylight savings. Um, Noon Pedro uh, showed off this week's project, which was a neon sign kit that used Lego compatible like brick holders that would grip onto the NeoPixel strip and the feather. So they made like an arrangement of different um, brick compatible add-ons. Uh, so you can make custom glowy signs. It looks great and we'll show off that guide shortly. And there's even a video. Um, and Scott demoed Wi-Fi for the ESP32S2. Yay, the all-in-one expressive Wi-Fi chipset that has native USB now also has working Wi-Fi and CircuitPython. Very exciting. It's still coming next. You also had special guest Sean from uh, Sean Himmel from uh, the East Coast, and you think he's in, in Louisiana, yeah. and he's doing stuff for DigiKey, and this week he's showing how to make a custom word definition for TensorFlow Lite to detect um, uh, wake words. In this case, it detects the word Hadoken, and then uh, it does the combo for Street Fighter Hadoken so that you can uh, shoot fireballs from your wrists uh, without having to like press any buttons, which is really what I'm here for. Liz built a new shelf. She's getting into synthesizers. She said it's that time of yeah. her life. It's like the life cycle of an engineer. They have they have to spend two or three years on synthesizers. I did that, and now I'm done with it. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. But she's just beginning. That's great. Joey uh, has been playing around with these cool new seven-color e-ink displays. He made an earth portrait display using a feather, a Raspberry Pi, and one of our new mini boosts. Uh, TinkerTech designed a new board. It's a, a spin of our NR52840 Feather but with an um, uh, OLED display in the back. It's called the CircuitPython Maker Scout Azul. It now has CircuitPython support coming, and he's going to do a crowdfunding. Uh, TinkerTech is also looking for a job. He's one of the few people who was unfortunately laid off in, in a big sweep of layoffs that happened in the engineering industry yeah. uh, recently. And so if you're looking to hire an engineer, Check out Tinker Tech. Yeah, and Instagram. you know, there's there's a bigger demand than ever for engineering. It's just sometimes, especially large Fortune 500 companies, they're like, oh, there's a there's an excuse to make changes. Yeah. They do this all the time. Yeah, and um, that's what we've seen every time there's been you know bumps in the road along the yeah. stock market. This is a great time to pick up engineering. He he has working yeah. ship goods so he's like you know yeah. you can build stuff so don't forget jobs.adafruit.com is where if you're a company so we get asked all the time do you know anyone who can do engineering and then there's engineers is like my the giant company i work for they're doing layoffs so that's a place where makers can post their skills and then companies can post what so they're looking you know, for eventually we'll get back to having a job section on the show yeah it's been so busy it's super busy super busy but yeah, it's there the jobs the postings are going people are yeah jobs, jobs. Adafruit has stuff i try to feature them on the blog and everything but by the time we get to the shows on wednesday yeah. Um, There's a lot. Sometimes I don't have enough time to jam it into our show. Well, the show's already huge. I'm like looking at it. You know, so. Yeah, it's a big show. Um, and then uh, Mark came by with a prototype of a 3D printed lithopane 
project he's building as an uh, anniversary gift to a friend, and he's going to upgrade it with MP3 playback next. That's right. Okay, that's the show and tell. All right, we're here every single week doing the show and tell, 7 p.m. Join us next week. Part of our Adafruit live series of shows. Don't forget, Ask an Engineer, you're watching it now. That's right. And then show and tell, 7 p.m. We did. Four hour. Desk of Lady Ada. We do it around 8 o'clock. Just remember Lady 8. Uh, late 8 o'clock on Sundays. And we have a new segment on Desk of Lady Ada called The Great Search. We're doing some graphics for it. Ooh. This is where Lady Ada does, I think it should be a, an engineering class at MIT. It should be called How to Search Component Sites, specifically DigiKey, because it's a superpower. And if you can search and find what you're looking for because there's literally millions and millions of components. Literally millions and millions of parts. I think we then, looked for something and it even said like 500,000 yeah. options. And it was like, oh my God. So you have to, you have to learn how to you, how can you pare that down yeah. to get the part you want. You want a connector? Well, if you get the wrong one, then you might have to spend all your time dealing with getting the wrong one. Yeah. If you have a very specific spec, and Lady Ada goes for this, but anyway. And there's all these tips and tricks, like there's like the 3D renderings, and yeah. there's like multi-selection, and there's like some things that I do when I first start, and there's like how to know what category you're in. So um, for me, it's like natural, because I've just been like doing DigiKey searches for like almost 20 years now. Um, but for people who are just starting out, that if they're not used to how to navigate a very powerful tool like this, it's it's like a it's like a chainsaw. It'll go through yeah. anything, but you have to know how to wield it. All right. Um, so that's Sundays, and then we have a special segment within Desk of Lady Ada, DigiKey, the Great Search. Okay. Okay. Uh, John Parks Workshop. That's tomorrow coming up, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Here's a preview of the clock that JP is going to show. Nice and font. Then we are going to go into the Make Code Minute. I'm going to play those back to back. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. For the Make Code Minute today, what I wanted to do is build a Make Code version of the Cyclone game. Uh, we have a target, which is going to be that white uh, LED right there, and then we have the dot that's going around, that blue one, and what I want to do is stop my blue dot right when it hits the target. When I'm successful, it lights up green, and every round it, whoops, there I missed so it went red, every round it gets faster. Uh, and so I'm scoring those. As you can see, we've got LEDs on the uh, Circuit Playground Express that tell us our score. So I'm four for five. It's going to start getting really fast. All right, let's concentrate. Let's see if we can get that. Nope. Uh, but let's take a look at how uh, this is set up inside of Make Code. On start, I'm calling this reset function. And then we create that target object that we're going to hit by using this little pick random uh, math block. So that'll pick a random number that is uh, essentially one of the possible rings inside of that 24 pixel ring. For, so the number is essentially 0 to 23. Uh, and then I've set up a set of um, possible speed. Um, these are the pauses between pixel updates, NeoPixel updates. So this is it getting faster with each cycle through. We just pick the next speed there. 
so that's the reset, and that's what happens on start or if we hit the reset button. Uh, but what happens when we hit A is the dot variable is checked to see if it's the same as the target variable. And if those are the same, that means you hit the target and then we can light up the pixels to green and we can do our scoring. If those two variables are different, that means you missed and, or I missed, and then uh, we paint up all of the pixels to red and set the uh, scoring pixel to red. And uh, each time we finish, we then move up a level and therefore grab a new speed. And uh, so that is a way that you can create your own Cyclone game using make code on Circuit Playground Express with an external NeoPixel ring plugged in. And that is your make code minute. And don't forget JP's workshop tomorrow at 4 p.m. Okay. Um, at the end of the show, we're going to do our highlight reel of all the things going on in Python on Hardware News. That's right. Don't forget, we have um, CircuitPython Day coming up 9-9-2020. Snakey day. And this year, we are dedicating CircuitPython Day to Lambda Labs, Makerspace, and Beirut. Um, these folks were, I think, the first group that adopted CircuitPython Day internationally Yay. last year. And uh, unfortunately, as y'all saw in the news, I think it was like the third biggest explosion on planet Earth happened in Beirut. And uh, the first thing we thought of is I, I hope our friends in Lebanon are okay, and they are. So we got a hold of them. We also wanted to know how they're doing. Um, we wanted to know how our community can help or donate because there's a lot of information out there and not the place that you see on Facebook might be the right place to donate and there's a lot of things that unless you know someone there you don't know which place and how you can help so we have a blog post up um, they sent along some photos um, they're doing help and recovery mm -hmm. efforts there so um, check it out and uh, Lambda Labs Makerspace Beirut and they've been um, able to let us know what they're up to and it's Impact Lebanon fundraiser and then uh, there's the Anira Global Shapers fundraiser. So these are some NGOs and more that gets help directly to the folks out there. So, um, you know, look for the helpers. These are the helpers. And um, this- You have fashionable masks too. Yeah, this made us think about what can we do each year for CircuitPython Day. So I think we're gonna dedicate CircuitPython Day to something that the community can help out with. This year it's gonna be Beirut specifically, Lebanon specifically, um, These this location in the world, and yeah. this particular group that have done a lot of great work with CircuitPython. So um, we're thankful that they're all okay. And uh, snakes helping snakes. This is 2020, everyone. Um, you got to work together. And, you know, spin the wheel every day, something comes up. So uh, stay in touch with each other and be ready to help out in any way you can. We're an electronics company, we have a CircuitPython day. This is what we're doing for Beirut. Okay. And then um, one bit of news that I did want to talk about, uh, and it'll be in n newsletters and blog stuff and, and more. Um, Make has Circuit Python on the cover, the rise yes. of Python. This is the clue board. This is all about Python on hardware. Helen is a new columnist for Make, and I think the premier article from Helen kicking off this new series is Python on hardware. So congratulations to the Circuit Python team who've been working on Circuit Python for uh, all together. Scott was saying he sent an email like four years ago. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. 
And um, big news because I've always said, you know, magazines will probably go away in some form, but they'll exist. And what we put on the cover of magazines and what we celebrate and who we put on the cover of magazines matters. And this just means that Python is something that is part of microcontrollers now. It wasn't before, and now it is. Yeah. And so cool stuff, and it's great to see one of our boards on the cover of Make Volume 74. Pick it up in bookstores or online, digital. I bought the PDF from Makershed because I wanted a copy of it. Nine bucks. It was worth it. Time travel around the world to makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Stuff that is going on and okay, more. Okay, what's going on? Well, first up, um, we have a little bit of a celebration. Yay. We hit our five million boards in the picket place. First million was 2015. That was five years ago. Two million was 2016. Three million, 2018. Four million, 2019. And one year later, five million boards. This is the display on... Yeah, you can see it says, what, five... It's like five million. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the, we, we caught it a little bit after. It's 5.1 million right now, but still, it's yeah. good. That's our stuff. Yeah. And then um, next up, please check out adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. It's also on Banner on our website. Yes. Um, some news and things that happened. Um, this week we were on the recap of the Stop Hate for Profit campaign, which we joined up with the ADL, the NAACP, Colors of Change. And uh, Adafruit worked with Magnolia Pictures back in... Uh, June, July-ish to help them because Magnolia Pictures was releasing a documentary but they couldn't advertise on Facebook because they wanted to That's be right. part of this Stop Pay for Profit boycott specifically um, or at least in our case um, Facebook has not done a good job stopping hate specifically directed towards black people online. Yeah. So one thing about Adafruit is when we post a picture of our team or if we have a live stream or if we're doing stuff um, those racist groups tend to find us and we have to spend a lot of time uh, stopping them. There's groups on Facebook that Facebook's not getting rid of. They're, they're, they're starting to. We don't want Facebook to go away. We just want them to be a better Facebook. But um, we got mentioned in a slide. So this Yay. was uh, something we did. So we worked with Magnolia Pictures helping to get the word out and we gave our team tickets because there was no movie theater. These were virtual tickets to Good Trouble, the John Lewis documentary, and this was before he passed away, so everyone probably saw in the news um, his life, his legacy, um, his civil rights work for his entire life. And inspiration um, to this the, current generation. I mean, it was... Yeah, so it was something that we were able to do. We have more action items. Check it out, itfruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. Um, and then we have a meeting this week. We're going to help out. Again, yeah. um, one of the things that we were able to do was get a bunch of 3D models taken off 3D modeling sites that were uh, all straight up terrible hate, worst thing in the world. Um, and uh, we worked with the companies that had those up there and they got rid of them. So trying to do what we can in our little world of electronics and engineering to um, you know, maybe have the online world a little bit better, have it a little bit more inclusive, have it a little bit of a safer place for folks. Um, Next up, we are an open source hardware company, Lady Ada, and That's because right. we've had two weeks of not asking an engineer, we have a lot of guides. 2,267. Okay, we we're going to do the backlog. Yeah, okay, so you've got to tell me where we stopped. Okay, so starting from the right, we've got and CircuitPython day countdown clock for PyPortal. 
Um, if you have a Pi Portal and you want to celebrate it's like a Python day, as you saw in 9.9, uh, you can download this countdown clock project and build it so that you can know exactly how many seconds you have, minutes and hours and days until it's like a Python day. Uh, Carter has been going on some amazing hikes. Uh, he lives in the Northwest America where there's beautiful mountains and he built an his own altimeter using a clue with the onboard barometric pressure sensor and also showed how you can calculate altitude uh, with a barometric pressure sensor and, and kind of went through the science of it. So it's kind of a good science project. And uh, we've got a translation in Spanish for uh, using CircuitPython with the Circuit Playground. It's a translation of one of our more popular guides. Uh, the Circuit Playground Express, one of the great things about it is it runs CircuitPython. Um, and now you can run that in Spanish. And also we have a Spanish translation of the firmware as well. Phil B. published a guide on uh, using the OV7670 cameras with the SAMD51, which the SAMD51 chip, uh, we really like that chip and it has a built-in camera peripheral so it can actually like snag all the camera data for you and put it in a buffer. You don't have to like clock anything. You just kind of set it all up and you let it go. Um, and so he showed doing like a 30 frame per second uh, uh, camera display and you can even take screenshots and save them to SD card. Colin made a mini vote keyboard. Uh, all it does is, uh, he loves keyboards, and all it does is type in the letters V-O-T-E, space, and return. And uh, also ETOV, or TiVo. Yeah. So you have a couple options for what you can type, and it uses a trinket, and it's a great little uh, mini keyboard using CircuitPython. Uh, Nan Pedro did a NeoPixel Run LED arcade game. The LED spins around fast, and you have to press the button in time. Uh, it's just like a, they had at Chuck E. Cheese before Chuck E. Cheese uh, declared bankruptcy and closed all their stores this week. Uh, Jeff Epler wrote a guide on a new capability in CircuitPython. We now have support for SDIO interfacing for um, SD cards. A lot of SD cards we use in SPI mode because it's easy and it's cross-compatible, but if you want fast um, read speeds from an SD card, you'll need to upgrade to SDIO. You can clock it a lot faster. It's multiple uh, pins per transfer um, and uh, it, you know you don't have to wait for other devices on the bus um, but you know you can uh, there's a little bit different there's a little more wiring and you have to use special pins Jeff goes through all that and also has uh, some uh, tests to show how much faster it is to use SDIO than SPI John Thurmond uh, did a guest guide on a 3d printed case for a pie ruler and turning it into a video conference panic button, although it can also be just like a video conference control button. So you can press to, you know, mute or like turn off your camera and you can, you can use the capacitive touch to send uh, the key codes. Everyone's on video screen uh, meetings yeah. all the time now. We also have an, uh, another uh, robotic uh, instrument project uh, collaboration between the Ruiz Brothers and Liz Clark. Uh, this time it's a solenoid drum kit. So. Uh, we did the solenoid-based um, xylophone, metallophone project, classic. We also want to do a little drum project where it can, like, do little drum solos. So it's, it's a little, it's not a full drum kit because I didn't own one, but it's, like, got a little micro drum head, and there's also a little um, cymbal head. And uh, it shows how you can uh, make your own different types of strikers for drums and then use MIDI to control them. We have a guide for the new breakout for the TDK InvenSense ICM2948. It's a 9DOF IMU for InvenSense. They're well known for their IMUs. We have code in Arduino and CircuitPython. We also run this on a Raspberry Pi or other Linux boards. We have example code in there 
great job by Brian documenting all the things you can do with a sensor. Um, Dylan uh, is one of our uh, paid interns here who was working over the summer, uh, helping out with um, GitHub stuff, code, um, maintenance, and also uh, wanted to build a DIY robotic sky tracking uh, astrophotography mount. So it uses CircuitPython and it slowly moves a camera so that tracks the sky. So if you open up the camera shutter and you, if you have it smoothly um, moving and it matches the sky rotation, you can get really, really good photos of the sky and get all the stars um, and, you know, at high brightness c compared to like, you know, if you, you can't take a photo, you're not going to have enough light coming from the stars normally. Um, but you can use like any SLR camera and he goes through the project and all the mechanics that he used to build it. Very nice advanced project. And then uh, for this week, we've got the ST25DV16 uh, um, RFID-E Prom Breakout Guide. That's a new product from last week. We have a guide now. Uh, you have code in Arduino to use it. There's no Python code at this time. Um, ST only published a library in Arduino. But you can use that to write any NFC URL to it and then have it read by a mobile phone. It's kind of a cool, weird device. John Park made an RGB automatic YouTube on-air sign. Uh, he streams on YouTube, but you can use it for other people's YouTube and it will check every few minutes and light up the sign when they're on air or when he's on air. And he like, kind of made these cool little like, like wings on the side. Kind of a nice, nice graphic effect. Um, he's been doing um, a lot of cool projects with the new RGB matrix pro uh, library that we have in CircuitPython. Noam Pedro made a Lego neon NeoPixel sign clippy board that you can like make custom signs with um, and rearrange them. It's kind of a cool project because it's all Lego compatible mounts and we have a video we'll show. And then Aaron uh, wanted to do a epoxy resin project. It's like oceany, like it's a, it's a style now, people are making these ocean boxes. Um, and so she upgraded hers to add an RGB matrix display in the back and has these like cool, like ghosty bitmaps that flow behind it. If you, if you saw Moana and I don't want to spoil it, but like at the end you find out like that, you know, there's this spirit that's a large manta ray and whatever. Anyways, you can kind of see this manta ray, um, slowly coming down the, uh, epoxy and we'll show the video. And then, uh, Dylan also, as he was doing his robotic sky tracking project, uh, also did a lot of research on the Raspberry Pi high quality camera and camera lenses and wrote up a nice guide on the different lenses, the different effects they're going to have, and the different lenses you can get um, and adapters to use. Uh, so if you are a uh, Raspberry Pi HQ camera fan, you want to get some add-ons and additions, check out this guide because uh, he goes through a lot of details. Okay. Um, those are the guides more ahead, 2,267. Oof. All right. Let's skip over to some Made in your City factory footage. We have... Oh, did you want to show the... Nope. Oh, okay. Keep going. These are scenes from the Adafruit factory. This is so fulfilling to do. You can only yeah. do it once, but boy, it's like, it's fun. It's like yeah, shrinky days. Have so many videos this week, I'm gonna try to get to them. Oh, okay. This is one of our other videos. Metal hummus. It's a theme.
this week the theme is like things we make that light up. <laughs> which is pretty much everything. That's fun. A little binary clock. And one B main New York City factory footage without construction across the street. Yeah, so no one's told Disney what's going on. I guess they're just gonna keep building. Um, this is across the street from us, so they're making progress. They've moved the cranes around a little bit, and they've dr they're drilling in other locations now. Yeah. All right, three D printing. Um, we're gonna show. One, the, the most recent 3D printing video, and then two speed-ups back-to-back, because those okay. are pretty short. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Wait, what? Uh, maybe, yeah, I'm going to do two. We have okay. three, but I'm going to do two. That way we have enough time for everything tonight. So take it away, no Pedro. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're building a neon-like sign with NeoPixels and CircuitPython. This uses a LEGO-compatible base plate and 3D-printed clips to build a light-up sign. These Neil Pixel strips are embedded inside a silicone diffuser so it looks just like real neon lights. Lots of folks are working remote, so we figured it'd be nice to build a sign to let folks know when they're stuck in meetings or recording their podcasts. Since it's LEGO compatible, you can adorn your sign with bricks and design something that's both playful and customizable. This uses the LED animation library for CircuitPython, which was written by Katni and Roy from Adafruit. The animation sequences are easily customizable, so you can adjust the speed, colors, and different attributes like the tail length, size, and spacing. With the latest improvements to CircuitPython, NeoPixel animations are as smooth as butter, and they're really easy to get up and running. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. These LEGO compatible parts are interchangeable and can be set up to create a number of different configurations. The Adafruit feather mount secures the PCB to a LEGO compatible plate. The slide switch is mounted to a snap fit piece that can be placed on the bottom. We also made a piece for fitting a 2200mAh LiPo battery so the feather can be snap fitted on top. We think this could be really useful for LEGO builds that need a microcontroller for powering motors, servos, and of course NeoPixels. You can cut the NeoPixel strips by following the visible lines across the backside of the sheathing. To reveal the solder pads, you'll want to carefully cut through the silicone while leaving a strip over the LED so the lighting is still diffused. Labels are printed on the flexible PCB so you can see what the connections are for power, ground, and data. You can tin the pads by applying a bit of solder using the tip of the soldering iron. Silicone cover stranded core ribbon wire can be used for connecting multiple strips together. The clips are designed with a few different angles so you can make all sorts of characters and letters. The NeoPixel strips are pretty flexible so they can easily bend to form different shapes. Just press them in between the clips and adjust the positions to spell out words. The tolerances are pretty tight and the silicone sheathing provides a decent grip. Multiple strips are daisy chained together to spell out the word but it doesn't have to be letters. The wiring was sized and planned so the animations flow from one letter to the next. A slide switch is installed on the back base plate so the sign can easily be turned on and off. The feather is positioned nearby with the battery snap fitted close to the center. 
A wall mount piece is snap fitted to the top middle so it can be hung from a door. Extra bricks can be used to raise the base plate away from the door. This way there's enough clearance for the components on the back. We hung it on our door with a thumbtack, but you could also secure it with a command hook. The slide switch on the side makes it easy to power on when it's time for your next meeting. We had a lot of fun putting this together and really enjoy working with the neon-like NeoPixel strips. We hope this inspires you to try out CircuitPython in your next project. single Wednesday 3D Hounds, the longest running 3D printed show ever on planet Earth with Noah Pedro. Check that out. Okay. Okay. Time for my favorite segment. That's right. DigiKey and Adafruit bring you Okay, this week it's worth it. <laughs> um, we have a new product introduction, IMPI. It is from Worth Elect Electronic, which just sounds cool if you say it in German. Uh, this is kind of a low-tech NPI, but it is very cool and shiny. It's this Shield DIY product, um, and this is one of those things where if you don't know it exists, and then you're like, you see, it, you're like, that's a really good idea. So if you are an engineer and you're building products, especially products that have motors or magnetics or RF components, you know that eventually you, know, you get stuck with too much interference, either interference for your device or interference between your device. And so you need something like a Faraday cage, which is like, it's all this cool graphic uh, from Wikipedia. And a Faraday cage is you know, a metal enclosure that um, keeps 
the electrons on the inside on the inside and the electrons on the outside on the outside, basically. And so it shields the outside and the inside from each other. It goes both ways. So you, you, don't, you don't have interference into your circuitry and you don't have interference to other circuitry being emitted. And um, you'll see this on electronics. Like for example, here's this close-up of the Raspberry Pi 4. If you look on the you know kind of bottom right corner, there's this metal tin that's soldered onto the Raspberry Pi, and that's over the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth circuitry. And you can sort of see the antenna, you know, right to the like northeast of it. Um, and this shielding uh, reduces electromagnetic interference. It you know makes it easier to embed the Raspberry Pi in products because um, it, you know the the emitting section is shielded, and also probably improves the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth because you don't have it uh, getting interference from outside um, RF noise. So what's neat about this product is it's a DIY custom shielding cabinet kit. And it's kind of like cool. It's this metal sheet and um, it's kind of scored every five millimeters and it comes in different sizes and shapes and it's made out of uh, nickel plated metal so you can solder to it as well which is which is key because uh, you'll eventually want to solder it onto a circuit board and it's like you know 20 bucks and you can get it from digikey and it's one of those things where if you you know when you get to the product state like productizing what you're doing you can get custom tins made but as you're doing your development um, getting custom tins made is actually kind of annoying and, and making your own is kind of a fraught process because it's hard to like get the spacing perfect but with these gridded sheets it's really easy you just cut it with tin snips and it's like metal it. graph paper yeah it's so cool basically that's what it is okay um so it basically you know you get a big sheet you cut it you put these notches in the corner and then you solder the corners to make it into a case and then you solder it onto the pcb and you can you know of course pick any size or rectangle you like. You can even make uneven shapes if you if you want. How do you know it works, though? What do you mean, how it know it works? Well, how do you know it works? It's, you, you sent me a video. Oh, you have, because we, have, we have a video. <laughs> I was just like, I like I don't have to prove it right now. Um, well, normally, you know, you, you when you're doing this kind of testing, you do have a spectrum analyzer. Yeah. Or you can watch this handy uh, one-minute clip. Oh, let's watch this. Well, you, worth. Well, you, you know, we work on IMPI stuff. Uh, Lady Ada sends me all this information, I, and I and I check it out, and, and then we do the show. And so this is the accompanying video yes. to show that this actually does work. Okay, it's a it's a clip of a longer video. The whole video is seven minutes long. Yeah, we're but it, we got to like the on our post that we do exciting. for IMPI. Uh, we'll link to the whole video, but here's a little snippet. Yes, I will open a new trace. Signal generator off, and I will change now this cabinet this cabinet will be soldered here on this ground plane completely around because just to not waste time I have already something prepared this is really the same inside the same strip line and I will connect now the 50 ohm termination Connecting the signal generator. Put it in the fixture. We have here the same distance. And signal generator on. And maximum hold on. 
And now you can see the effectivity of this shielding cabinet for electrical field. We have here a map. Okay, so it works. Proof. And uh, you have a little bit of a demo here. Yeah, so I got, I just want to show this sheet off because I think it's, it's worth seeing it. So yeah, it comes as this kind of like electronic grid paper and um, it's scored so you know you can um, bend it. You can even kind of bend it to, to crack it. Although uh, I would also recommend uh, picking up metal shears and using that if you want to cut it. Um, so I cut out this shape and then I snipped out the um, corners and then you just use pliers to um, bend it carefully and again you saw if you bend it too many times it does eventually crack so you don't, you don't want to bend it like three or four times once or twice is plenty and then um, you use the table and then ta-da you've got a wonderful little metal shape so you can use it for enclosures cool. I think there might be some other uses for it as well but Definitely, I've seen this issue where, like, during prototyping, you want to try different shielding, um, and, you you know, getting a custom tin, you kind of have to order. They're inexpensive. They're only, like, 10 cents, but you have to order, like, 100,000, and what's nice about this is that yeah. you just make it, test your design, and then you can order the custom tin based on how big you needed it. So that okay. is this week's NPI. And uh, it, you can get this on DigiKey. Cost just a Tubman. The product number is 732-360002, ND. Or you can use the short URL. I'm a super big fan of DigiKey short URLs. Yeah, so digikey.com slash short, Z-R-T-M-V-B. And you can check out our blog post and more. And that is this week's Eye on MPI. Eye on MPI. All right. Okay. It is time for new products, lady. Let's okay. do it. Okay. New, 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 All right. New products this week. Just a little bit of a reminder. We're shipping safe. We're shipping smart. And um, a diagnostic lab says we're <laughs> COVID-free. We've swabbed ourselves. So, Both inside and out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first okay. up, these are some updates. Coming soon, uh, we have a Raspberry Pi 4 kit. We are a little behind on our Pi bundles. I know we're still selling the Pi 3 bundle. Uh, we're going to get a uh, budget pack bundle with Raspberry Pi and that Raspberry Pi. You can sign up if you want to uh, get notified when they're ready. comes with just the basics, uh, a tea cobbler, some cables, a Raspberry Pi case, SD card, and power supply. Next up. Also coming soon, uh, we'll show this off, we'll have a demo next week. This is the 2.7 inch sharp memory display. Um, if you have seen our smaller sharp memory display, well this is the same thing but bigger. 400 by 240 pixels, monochromatic, kind of daylight readable. Um, this is the same display used in uh, the Playdate, so if you've seen this really cool cranking game, handheld game. Same display, uh, we have both Arduino and CircuitPython and Python code. So stay tuned. Uh, you can sign up and get notified when it's in stock. Um, okay, next up we've got a shipment of Pimeroni stuff. So first up is this Enviro Plus Featherwing. This is a jam-packed Featherwing. Goes on any feather and it gives you a gas sensor. That's the thing on the left. It has a reset button. On the right it has an analog microphone. It has a BME 280. That's a barometric pressure, uh, humidity, and temperature sensor as well as a light sensor. And there's also like a little screen in the middle so you can plot your data. Also there's stuff on the bottom, I think, right? Yeah. Um, there's a little power circuitry 
on the bottom in the connector. And then there's also a connector for a uh, PM 2.5 um, air quality sensor. They often have these like little uh, connectors. Um, in this case, we're just showing it off without, and then I've got it on the overhead. It's a feather wing. That's right, it's a feather wing. So I just have it. Uh, you can use it with a feather. Auto focus, and then it's showing. This is the demo um, in I think Circuit Python focus lock. Uh, it shows the temperature, the humidity, and the barometric pressure. And then if I blow on it, you can see my uh, my breath caused an increase in humidity, which is good. It means I'm alive, uh, and I have water inside me. Good. Good. Uh, so check this out. It goes on any feather. Um, it's pretty easy to use. And um, there's Arduino libraries for a lot of these, even though um, Pymerny doesn't write Arduino code. There's a BME280 library, this display, uh, you know, our GFX library supports it. Um, did it for the gas sensors, analog, and this light sensor, and the microphone. So uh, even though the code is in CircuitPython, because uh, they're Pythonistas, um, you can use this in Arduino as well. Okay, next up. Okay, next up, we've got a couple of hats. So let me, hold on, I gotta rearrange myself here. Um, okay, so this is the automation hat. So if you'll notice, um, you know, all these products from Pymerni, they're starting to come with little displays. So this is an upgrade on an older product that they had, it was the automation fat. But now it has, uh, first of all, it has like this you know, gigantic terminal block and it has a little screen um, and a relay and it's designed for, you can do analog reads, it has an analog to digital converter on the back. Um, it can also control um, high voltage device. I think it's got a, uh, a Darlington buffer. It also has a relay that can control up to two amp, two 24 volt uh, power. So hold on, let me, oh, I forgot to plug this in, so I can't do this. Um, all right, I'll plug this in later. Uh, I'll show a demo. I think we have a demo for the other ones. For this one, I don't have a demo. Cool. That's fine. I'll keep going. Okay, keep going. So the next one is uh, the other hat we got. This one, this one we have yeah. a demo. Um, it's the scroll hat mini. And uh, this one is also an update to the scroll hat from Pimeroni, the earlier version. Uh, this time they added four buttons on the front, which is really handy. You can see the A, B, X, Y buttons. Um, it has an I squared C to LED driver, and it can do um, multiple, uh, like eight bit brightness level per LED. So that can be really handy when um, uh, you want to do like diffuse effects. And also you can change, of course, the brightness of your text. So here's just a little animation. Uh, they have Python code for this display. Uh, so you can uh, scroll away to your heart's content. Yeah. All Charlie plexed. And what I'm going to do now is you want me okay. to hold that computer for you? Yeah, or? hold on. No, no, I got it. So let's okay. go here. All right, we're going to do I'm, some I'm going to try to do this demo. So. Here you go. Thank you. It. Hold on. It I takes a team. Hi. That's it all working. Hello. Why isn't it working? Oh. Well, it just resumed from being. Is it on the same network it was yeah. before? Well, some days live demos work and some days they don't. Yeah, this computer went to sleep and when it came back. Okay. I think I think we'll just do a, we'll do a demo maybe next week. Sure. I'll get it. The demo is That's why I have the it's videos. It's this, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's what it is. Okay, cool. Okay, Next cool. up. Next up, uh, we've got this silicone ear saver. Uh, we made these, but uh, the, the industry has caught up with us. 
Um, so now you can uh, get these like pre-molded silicone ear savers. They're handy if you're wearing a mask all day, like we do, because that way you don't have yep. your ears chafe. And let me just say, wearing a mask mm -hmm. works. Trust us, we've been living through this for six months. Yeah, now. and if you're like, ooh, my ears are chafy, well, yeah. this is why you would get an ear saver. Next up. Okay, next up, we've got the uh, BME 680. This is a sensor that we've had um, in stock for a while. It has pressure, humidity, temperature, and gas sensing. Um, we've revised this to now be STEMI QT compatible, so you see it's got these nice plug-in cables that you can uh, plug and play for I2T support. Um, it's you know mechanically a little different looking, but it has the same pinout, same code, same software. So if you would uh, like to add a quick plug and play sensor to any of our STEMI QT capable boards, then this is an easy way to do it. It's got level shifting and everything, so you can use it with Arduino, Raspberry Pi, CircuitPython, whatever. Get environmental data, super easy. Coming soon, the next volume of Make Make Somebody For. We're stocking it because it has all these things about Python and hardware. So sign up. Inclusive cover model. It'll be here soon. We're just going to have a limited number of these, and then they are gone. Next up. Okay. Next up, we have uh, the uh, from SparkFun. It's a quick I2C Max. It's a cute little board. It has a, let's see, what was the name of it? The TCA... 548A, which is a 1 to 8 I squared C max. So this is handy when you have um, multiple I squared C devices that share the same address, but you want to use them together. And, you know, sometimes you want to use multiple of the same sensor, for example. You can't change the address. What do you do? Well, an I squared C max will solve your problem. And we've got Python code and Arduino code for this chip already. We just like um, the format. It's very uh, plug and play, easy to use with quick or STEM QT boards. Um, as you can see in demo photo, and I also have it on the overhead. I can show it really fast. Um, this, these two are connected through, so you can chain them, and then you get eight different outputs, and you can just plug and play sensors. Like, for example, let's say you wanted multiple of those BME 680 sensors. You can plug up to eight of them. Uh, normally, you wouldn't be able to do that with I2C. Normally, um, you're limited because you can only have one device per I2C address. All right. Okay. Next up. Okay, next up, uh, we've got this um, hat, hacker hat. So this is, Primarily's come out with a couple similar items, but this one kind of plugs into a Raspberry Pi and lets you connect two of those like Pi Zero shaped add-ons, which are like sometimes called mini hats or fats, or I call them bonnets. Um, and you can have two of them at the same time. And this demo I actually can show because it, it doesn't have to be working. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you see here, I've got two bonnets, uh, connected up, plug this, and, um, they're both plugged into this hat expander. As long as there's no, uh, pin incompatibilities, you can plug in two bonnets and have them running at the same time. Just want to be careful when plugging it. And then this comes with nice standoff, so it sits like nice solidly. Um, just watch out, it's a little bit wider than a Raspberry Pi because two of these is, it's, this is not one half of a Raspberry Pi, it's like 0.6% or 60% the width. So if you have um, both of them plugged in. One thing I actually like to do with this is I, I plug in whatever hat I'm working on here, and then I can um, use this to do like debug checking and the pinout is available down here to uh, view so that makes it really easy to be like oh what's going on with like pin 4 and I can probe pin 4 
um, while I'm debugging the software. So this is a very handy little debug board. Okay. Next up, wires. Wires. Yeah, well, I like wires. Um, by popular demand, we have um, silicone wires um, that we've uh, that we've stopped. We've had them um, in plug, plug, and socket, socket, and now we have option number three, which is plug and socket. These are extension wires. They've got a socket on one end, 0.1 inch spacing, plug on the other end, uh, and these are silicone wires. So they're high temperature. They're very durable. Um, people like these. They are quite a bit more expensive, um, but they will withstand accidental heating. Um, they can be bent back and forth without cracking. Much better compared to PVC. Also, they can be used, you know, if, if you are in a cold area, um, PVC usually gets a little hardened. Um, the silicone will do the job nicely. Okay. And the star of the show tonight, besides our community, our customers, our squeaky clean facility that's COVID-free, yeah. is the Think Ink e-ink bonnet yes this is a long time coming i think i designed this like three years ago but uh, it's finally in the store um and you came up with a cool logo for it Thank yeah you. we wanted to have something that illustrated what this is because it's not just e-ink it's more than e-ink because lady Ada designed some cool things into it yes what did you design into this to make it this is a thinking person's <laughs> display okay first up it's got some buttons in the front uh, what I really like about, uh, Eric can go to the overhead, what I like about uh, e-ink products is that uh, I actually don't have to worry about the demo working or not because it's on <laughs> all the time. Yeah. It stays lit, which is nice. And this is actually from uh, like a couple days ago. Yeah, this 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 just isn't a regular old e-ink display, though. It does more. It does more. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's a 250 by uh, 122 pixel, so it's a high-resolution monochrome display. Um, we've got... Python code for it, so it's very easy to use with your Raspberry Pi or other single board computer. You've got two buttons on the front, so you can select different modes. Um, on the bottom, we have a Stemma QT connector, which is very handy. Um, all the boost converter and circuitry you need. And we have two guides that we wrote. One, you can see here, is an open weather demo. So uh, you just need to get a free open weather key, which is free. Uh, plug it into our code and it will show you uh, the weather. It'll update it every few minutes. We also have a great guide by Melissa um, on using uh, to make it a calendar display. It'll tell you the next event you have, what time, next event, meeting, whatever, and it syncs with your Google Calendar. And she shows how to get permission for your Google Calendar and then you put that in the code uh, safely and securely um, by giving like a, a one-time uh, authorization code. And then it will um, grab the latest, or sorry, the upcoming event and display it on your e-ink display. And we're also, I think Brent said he wanted to also um, do the pie hole project, but with e-ink. So yeah, we'll cool. do that as well. So there you go. We've got Think Ink. It's the star of the show. That's new products. Okay, so um, let's do some top secret. But while we're doing top secret, go over to the chat and we're going to answer questions. And you should do that in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join 24,000 of us. Um, but while you're getting over there, because there's always a delay with live video, let's do some top secret. Okay. So, yeah, top secret this week. Um, I have some screenshots of what you sent me over. We've been working on the BrainCraft hat for a while. Rev C and is it's done. on its way. Yeah, I ordered PCBs. Yeah, okay. and if you go to adafruit.com slash braincraft, you can see this. It's the easiest to use 
machine learning plus Raspberry Pi plus AI accessory. Um, we think this is going to be a big deal. You will craft these little brains to say and recognize things. It's super cool. That is brain craft. Coming soon. Next up, uh, this is uh, neat because you you took all the smarts and some of the good ideas from Braincraft Hat. You, uh, yeah, I just I pulled out the TFT and some of the extras, and I, I basically made a version that's just for voice projects. So you can make your own, um, you know, Google Voice Assistant or Alexa can run yeah. on a Raspberry Pi. So this has uh, some uh, RGB LEDs, um, stereo speaker output, headphone output, um, left and right microphone, a button, and it has something, uh, if you zoom in, you would see... It has an on-off switch, which is something you requested. You always wanted to have every, a mechanical way to turn off the microphones. Every IoT device must have an on-off switch yeah. for the microphone. That's right. So and, both and, this, and, and or the device itself. So both the, the voice bonnet and the um, BrainCraft hat both have on-off audio. All it does, yeah. and it's like really mechanical. It just turns off the crystal. So like the, the, you know, it, it just doesn't output audio anymore. Yep. Um, so it doesn't output or input audio, and that way you don't have to worry about it listening to you. That's top secret three. Okay. Um, oh, you know what? There's one more. Huh. One more thing. Uh, this is the poster coming soon. It's our Circuit Python six poster. Okay. Okay. Now it's now really, get now back, get back in, in the volume. Okay, all, all three of you. Okay. Um, let's go over to questions. Uh, there are some questions that I had from earlier, and then we're gonna do the Python hardware newsletter, and then yeah. we'll be out. Um, but was there a, a Google Calendar example for the for the e-ink thing? Yeah, just go to learn.info.com. It was posted like a month or two ago. It's it's the Google Calendar okay. e-ink project by Melissa. Oh, good. Carter posted up. Thank you, Carter. Thanks. Um, next up, a uh, couple of questions that came in earlier. Um, I'll just go backwards. Um, can you recommend a USB scope logic probe for experimental use? Um... A USB scope. I think we have a couple pocket oscilloscope, pocket logic analyzers in the shop that are under a hundred bucks, and okay. they'll be fine. I mean, for for experimenters, I think uh, the analog discovery board is out of stock, unfortunately, but it's a it's a pretty powerful uh, analyzer. It has logic and uh, analog. And then what about the like wriggle? Wriggles are good, but those are you know those are larger. They're not going to yeah. be like a little pocket. USB okay. thing, and they ask for USB. So someone was asking, is it possible to build something that can open their door if they know they received a package? They want to be able to open the door. Oh, mechanically open a door? I mean, yeah. you can do it with like a you know a hydraulic, you know, like the things that open skylights. There's like these these worm drives. Yeah. The answer um, is but it'll yes. Just, it'll just creep people out. Though. Yeah. The answer is yes. Um, what I would say is start with, is it possible to make the door open? via an electronic means, and then you would wire that up to be a relay or some some way that you could programmatically control. Yeah. So um, there are some, like, off-the-shelf solutions, but then you're kind of committed to this IoT service that will get turned off one day. Yeah, um, it's risky. Okay. Um, folks mention a Sailie. That is... Uh, Sailies are good, but they're not so inexpensive. Got it. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Let's go over to the other chat. Question, I am new to CircuitPython. I did the iOS notification learn guide. When uh, Apple does a new iOS update, will it require the CircuitPython library update, or should I work without interruption? Or should it work without interruption? 
It should. I mean, like if they don't break anything, it should just keep working. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's I a lot of VLE notifications haven't changed. I much. think there's a lot of third party things that rely on that. So Apple is probably unlikely to make significant changes. In yeah. It. However, it's Apple. Like once in a while, they're like, "You like that connector? Now you are." That's true. I yeah. mean, like that's and that's pretty vicious. I think the VLE notifications aren't going to change too much. Yeah. For a couple. Of and years. Uh, Melissa's in the chat, and Melissa wrote the Google Calendar example. Yeah. So for Darian, over there. Um, Earlier, uh, I stored up this question. Someone wanted to know, given everything that's going on, is now a good time to be getting an engineering degree? And uh, Lady Ada, as an engineer, what do you think? I, I think that, you know, of, of, the engineer, of, of the degrees you can get engineering, it, it'll always be kind of useful because there's always engineers needed in different industries. Um, you know, if you look at what industries are, first off, it's like if you start getting a degree, by the time you get it, like there's going to be the end of this pandemic. There might be another pandemic, but this one will probably be over. Um, and, you know, I think the trick is just you want to combine your engineering degree with another specialty. I think pure engineering doesn't really exist anymore. It's going to be engineering yeah. plus biology, engineering plus chemistry, engineering plus, um, you know, IoT or like user experience or so whatever. So I think just make sure you have some other speciality in your engineering especially you know if you're if you're doing medical plus engineering for example that's that's a unique and, and valuable skill most people don't have two things that they can do yeah um with the time you have if you have the resources and you can um and you don't have other life commitments get the best possible education you can because it's something that can't be taken away from you um do everything you can as an employer, as someone who's living through one of the most challenging times, um, I don't know what is going to solve this pandemic, but I know it's going to have a lot to do with engineering and yeah. a lot to do with science. So um, from the data sciences, people learning Python, every single tool that we use right now to get through this has something to do with engineering. Yeah. So it's a material science problem, the filtering of a mask. It's a chemistry problem, the reagents that you need for all this stuff. Um, it's statistics and modeling. Um, everyone's getting really good at the idea of R. <laughs> you know, like we're all starting to figure out like what is when we make a decision now. What does it mean two weeks, four yeah. weeks, six weeks later? So um, if you have the opportunity to get a great education now and study engineering, like I said, I I don't think there's any way that we're going to solve the world's problems without technology and without engineering. Um, let's assume things work out and we're back to normal soon, we have a bunch of power things that we need to solve on planet Earth. Yeah. We have a lot of food things we gotta solve on planet Earth. We have a lot of we things. We have plenty of issues. We've got plenty of things. Um, if you wanna do space stuff, um, you know, the demand for engineering is not gonna go away as long as there is civilization. Yeah. So keep at it. Okay, uh, next up I went through this. I went through a search about a year ago about getting an e-degree via online university. So very soon, very few of them are a bit certified so be aware of that and most u.s re states require a bit certified degree to establish yourself as a professional i engineer. i'm not sure if an online engineering degree is really if it's free it's okay but if you're paying for it I, i'm not sure how worth it it is i really think that um you need you need to be physically in classes and you need to interact with other students and your tas um you know if you can do if you want to save money you can do some prerequisites online but I think that it's, it's hard to really get the value of the education unless it's in person, just my opinion. Okay. Um, for 2G and 3G sunsetting, have we heard any new news? 
No, it's no. just slowly being sunset. If you're in Europe, you're probably good for a while. If you're in Asia, you're good for a while. But if you're developing a new product, uh, you should yeah. probably go with LTE. It keeps getting kicked down the street, but that doesn't mean it's going to get kicked down the street forever. Yeah. Okay. And then... Yeah, as someone mentioned, um, you can be part of the solution. That's what I was trying yeah. to get at is like, you know, we, we need skilled people to help solve the problems. And as you've all seen, we're just making new problems every day now. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, like, it's like a full-time job. That's right. Um, so I think with that, um, I think we got to most all the questions. Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do next is we're going to do the Python on Hardware News. Yep. The Academy. And, and then we'll, we'll say goodbye to everybody on the other side. See you in 14 so minutes. So take it away, Academy. Um, this is our video version of our weekly newsletter. Think of this as a video podcast of all the things going on in Python on Hardware. And there is so much. This could be, and it pretty much is its own show. That's right. That's how much stuff is going on. And don't forget, adafruitdaily.com is where you sign up for a newsletter. But um, check out the video and audio version. Brought to you by Katni. Take it away, Katni. Okay. It's that time again. This is Katni with your weekly Python on Hardware news. Every week, we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through adafruitdaily.com. Head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters. Or tune in each week to hear what's going on. Adafruit is working with the team to safely remain open as we continue to navigate COVID-19. Adafruit is stocked and all orders are shipping. Expect possible delays as we continue to ramp up. Now is the best time to get orders in for your favorite products, including items for students. For more information, visit adafruit.com slash opensafely. Make Magazine published their latest edition, The Rise of Python and the Annual Microcontrollers Issue. The new issue is on its way to subscribers. The headline is The Rise of Python and discusses Python on hardware in depth, including CircuitPython. This issue is also their annual guide to microcontroller boards and features the new Adafruit Clue. Congratulations to Helen Lee for her first article for Make coming in as a lead story. If you're not a subscriber, check out makershed.com to pick up the latest Make magazine. The 2020 Maker's Guide to Boards is also available on their website, makezine.com slash comparison slash boards. CircuitPython 6 art has been released. CircuitPython 6 is currently in alpha, but we're getting ahead of things. Adafruit has put together some amazing artwork for the upcoming stable release. The logo will be displayed in many locations, and the poster will be available for purchase from the Adafruit shop. The CircuitPython subreddit on reddit.com crossed the 1,000 members mark this past week. Thank you to Reddit readers for choosing to get a Python fix on this subreddit. Adafruit is dedicated to providing the news on Python and CircuitPython in one's chosen way. Whether via blog, newsletter, video, Instagram, or on Reddit, it's there. The Python Package Manager team is working to improve the usability of PIP for all users through a user experience survey. Right now, a lot of what PIP does can be confusing and complicated for people who are not Python experts. The team's objective is to understand how to improve that. You can read about the work on the Python Software Foundation website and hear about the work on the Test and Code podcast. Right now, the team wants to speak with users about a number of topics. They're interested in speaking with people of all levels of Python experience. They can't stress enough, you don't need to be a programming expert to take part. In fact, they're specifically looking to hear from those who are not programmers. They're looking for diverse users to take part in the research. If you use PIP, they are interested in hearing from you. If you're interested in speaking with the team about your experiences, the first thing you need to do is sign up for the UX studies at bit.ly slash pip dash UX dash recruitment dash sign dash up.
Here is a summary of the contributions Google has provided to open source software. At Google, open source is at the core of our infrastructure, processes, and culture. As such, participation in these communities is vital to our productivity. Within the Open Source Programs Office, our mission is to bring the value of open source to Google and the resources of Google to open source. To ensure our actions match our commitment, in this post we will explore a variety of metrics intended to increase context, transparency, and accountability across all of the communities we engage with. They state that their intentions are twofold give back to the communities they depend on, as well as expand support for open source overall. Google firmly believes in open source and its ability to bring together users, contributors, and companies alike to deliver better software. Get more information on the Google Open Source blog. Here are two projects that combine CircuitPython and the Pimeroni rainbow hat. First up, David Gloud posts to Twitter, an Adafruit clue is controlling the rainbow hat from Pimeroni using the bit to pi from Fortronics to provide connectivity. Simultaneous LED animation on the seven dot star LEDs and fading the brightness on the four fourteen segment displays. Second, unfinished stuff post to Twitter, the new feather cap for connecting Adafruit feather boards to Raspberry Pi hats. In this week's CircuitPython deep dive livestream, Scott streamed his work on FPGA and an ESP32-S2 IP address. Check out the latest video and past videos at adafru.it slash deep dive. CircuitPython day is September 9th, 2020. Adafruit has chosen 9.9 as the snakiest day of this year. We'll keep you posted on events and happenings to include a CircuitPython team livestream, collaboration with hardware and software folks, and highlighting all things Python and Python on hardware. More information will be forthcoming. Do you have ideas or suggestions for CircuitPython Day? Are you planning your own CircuitPython Day event? Let us know via email at circuitpythonday at adafruit.com. The Adafruit Discord server has surpassed 24,000 members. This community is where we do all of our CircuitPython development transparently and in the open. Adafruit believes that Discord offers a unique way for CircuitPython folks to connect. Thank you to everyone who has been a member and everyone who recently joined. If you haven't already, you can join today at adafru.it slash discord. Version 4.0 of the CircuitPython Adafruit I.O. library is now out. This release includes removing the loop blocking method, and fix attribute error module has no attribute set socket error with the included examples. To use in CircuitPython, download the latest CircuitPython library bundle from circuitpython.org libraries. To use with CPython, install using pip. Code is available on GitHub and documentation is available on Read the Docs. Joey Castillo posts to Twitter, repurposing an open book prototype and a new Adafruit air quality sensor breakout to make a CircuitPython air quality monitor. Joey writes, House just got a HEPA air filter, so of course I wanted to see how well it worked. Steep drop in particles when turned on. Good news. Sandy J. McDonald posts to Twitter, a one-note synth bass in 35 lines of CircuitPython on a Seeduino Shao board. BleepTrack posts to Twitter, five designs of PicoPlanet PCBs. Each design is procedurally generated, and only 10 of each design is produced. Each design has three to five stars, which are not covered in copper or solder mask, making them perfect places to add some LEDs below the board. They need a bit more work on the software side, and then they will be available on Tindy. The Morgan Stanley Makerspace program helped a group of fintech-focused students learn how to code Python using the Adafruit Circuit Playground Express. Caitlin's dad posted to Twitter an Oozemaster 3000-inspired hourglass using NeoPixels and CircuitPython. Maker Thornhill posts a project using the Adafruit Pi portal and CircuitPython to download a National Weather Service radar image and put a city layer over the top. Details on Twitter. This project is an animated color mask with the Adafruit Circuit Playground Express and CircuitPython. Creator Ian writes, Never used CircuitPython before. Turns out it's stupidly easy. Did this in 15 minutes max. 
Maker Hacks posts to Instagram on the desk, FPGA and CircuitPython. PMC posts to Twitter a project with the kids, using TensorFlow with hand pose detection on a Lego Mindstorms running MicroPython. This project from YMT Lab uses an MPU 9250 10DOF IMU sensor with MicroPython on ESP32. Learn about Python import, advanced techniques, and tips. In Python, you use the import keyword to make code in one module available in another. Imports in Python are important for structuring your code effectively. This tutorial will provide a thorough overview of Python's import statement and how it works. Check it out on realpython.com. Learn about Python bindings, calling C or C++ from Python. Python bindings allow you to call functions and pass data from Python to C or C++, letting you take advantage of the strengths of both languages. Throughout this tutorial, you'll see an overview of some of the tools you can use to create Python bindings. Check it out on realpython.com. Michael posts to Medium why Python written in Python is faster than regular Python. Seascape Science posts to Twitter a gateway to Python, this really handy set of tutorials on NumPy, Pandas, and Matplotlib, available from Ocean Hack Week on GitHub. Python Weekly posts to Twitter, latechify underscore pi, generates a latex math description from Python functions, code available from Odashi on GitHub. Why edit Python in Mu? Mew tries to make it as easy as possible to get started with programming, but aims to help you graduate to quote-unquote real development tools afterward. Everything in Mew is the real thing, but presented in as simple and obvious a way as possible. It's like the toddling stage in learning to walk. You're finding your feet, and once you're confident, you should move on and explore. Put simply, Mew aims to foster autonomy. Try out Mew today at codewith.mew. Details available in Nicholas Tolervy's presentation to EuroPython 2019. The number of CircuitPython-supported microcontrollers and single-board computers continues to grow. There was one new board added this week, the Scout Makes Azul. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There are four new Python and hardware-related guides in the Adafruit Learning system this week, including Have you ever been in a video chat and had some kind of disaster happen that left you scrambling to mute and cut your video feed? Perhaps you use multiple video conferencing applications, each with their own set of hotkeys for muting and cutting video. The Pi Ruler is a Trinket M0 with four embedded buttons that comes pre-programmed as a USB HID device. Learn how to build a four-app panic button using the Adafruit Pi Ruler in this guide from John Thurmond. Make a beat with MIDI, CircuitPython, and solenoids. Build a MIDI drum kit using solenoids and CircuitPython. 3D print parts to make a solenoid-driven mallet to trigger snare drum, cymbals, and much more. Use the Adafruit Feather M4 and a Darlington driver to create your own custom USB MIDI percussion ensemble in this guide from Noah and Pedro. Take awesome pictures of the night sky with this equatorial mount astrophotography tracker. This project uses a Feather M4 and Trinimix TMC2226 stepper motor driver to enable you to take long exposures of the night sky with just about any camera. Build a specialized camera mount in this guide from Dylan Harada. The current number of CircuitPython libraries is 264. This includes both the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython community libraries. There was one new library added this week, Adafruit CircuitPython MS8607, and a number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org libraries to download the latest Adafruit CircuitPython bundle. Included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team, last week was short for Brian thanks to a much-needed camping trip to his favorite seaside campground. Alas, he doesn't have any spectacular pictures to show, so a picture of his dog impatiently anticipating their arrival will have to suffice. The remainder of his week saw him bouncing between a few tasks, but mostly focused on the MS8607 pressure, temperature, and humidity sensor. 
Each and every MS-8607 sensor is calibrated at the factory and the calibration constants are stored in the sensor itself. As with other sensors with integrated calibration data, one of the most challenging parts of the driver writing process is implementing the algorithm used to convert the calibration constants into corrections to be applied to the raw sensor data. Here is the fun flowchart for applying corrections to pressure and temperature data. He's finishing up the Arduino library and he has finished the CircuitPython library. Once he wraps this up, he'll hopefully be moving on to assembling and testing the CAN bus featherwing that's been sitting on his bench. Jeff is working on bringing the sharp memory display forward into the world of display I.O. Right now you can already use these displays, both the large 2.7 inch and the 1.3 inch in CircuitPython, but you have to use an older FrameBuff API for interacting with them. Melissa mainly focused on refactoring the matrix portal library and finished that up. She had originally taken the PyPortal library as a single file and modified it to work with the RGB matrix shield and the Metro M4 airlift light board. While it worked, it did require loading everything, which could be a bit memory intensive. With the refactoring, it is able to be used with just the portions you need, though the original ease of use from before refactoring is still present that ties everything together. She also worked on testing some changes to the PyTFT install script that were done by Lady Ada. She wanted to make sure that it was still working on each display. There were only a few minor issues that she found during testing, and those were promptly fixed, so everything is working great with the latest version of Raspberry Pi OS. PyCon AU is holding PyCon Line AU September 4th through 6th, 2020. Check out 2020.pycon.org.au for more information. PyGotham is a New York City-based eclectic Pi-centric conference covering many topics. PyGotham TV is taking place October 2nd and 3rd, 2020, with a single track of talks presented online. The call for proposals is now open at cfp.pygotham.tv. Visit 2020.pygotham.tv for more information. PyCon India 2020 will be held online October 3rd through 5th. A call for proposals is now open through the 14th of August. Visit in.pycon.org 2020 for details regarding the CFP and the conference. PyLadies has 28 groups with over 28,000 members. Find out what's happening in PyLadies meetup groups around the world and near you. PyLadies is revamping the PyLadies presence and global leadership to enable better run chapters locally and globally. The intent is to bring all of the local chapters to help collaborate, share ideas, and also start a PyLadies global council to oversee the global PyLadies community. To do this, however, they need your help. PyLadies wants to engage with PyLadies members. Members may now register to become a basic member or a voting member. For more information, check out PyLadies.com. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. Translations make the project more accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open source project Weblate, we're making it even easier. You can create an account just for Weblate or sign in using other sites like GitHub or Google. If you write another language, visit adafru.it slash translatecp, sign in, and start translating. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 24,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it slash discord. And that is your Python on hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in. Thank you, Kenny. So that is all the news that happened this week. Sign up on adafruitdaily.com. Don't forget. CircuitPython Day is coming up. 99. This is the day. And we're dedicating it to our friends in Lebanon Lambda Labs Makerspace. 
checked out. All the information and more that you could do to help support them. That's our show for tonight, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We will see everybody next week. We are tired. We're exhausted. But we're still going to do some more work. We got to do more work. Good to do some more work. Not done. Um, But we want to thank everyone out there. um, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Adafruit team that's here in New York City. Yeah. That's working from home, that's remote, that's on site. Thank you so much for every single day. We all do something to take good care of each other and you don't know how it's going to manifest itself you don't know what signals you're going to get that it's all working out but i could tell you it's working out right now thank you everyone the customers out there the community that's supporting us while we're navigating all this um you know you are the thing that keeps us going so thank you so much uh special thanks to jesse may who thinks in the slack chat thanks Uh, jesse may thank you jesse may and uh, we'll see everybody next week um Regular show and tell, 7 p.m. Ask an engineer, 8 p.m. As regular. Desk of Lady Ada this week. John Park's workshop coming up soon. Thank you so much, everyone, for spending a little bit of time with us. We'll see everybody next week. Here is your moment of Zener. Bye.